guys, it's your girl Genesis here, back with another special guest interview. This time we have Gloria Garayua. She's an actress and acting coach. She has been on a very wide variety of series, films, TV shows. It's amazing. I'm going to let her tell you about it, so let's just hop right in. Hey guys, welcome back to the Sweet and Sour Podcast. I'm your host, Genesis Alexandra, and this week we have a special guest, Gloria Garayua. She's an actress, and Gloria, how are you feeling today? I'm great. Excited to be on your show, Genesis. How are you? I'm great. I am so excited to be interviewing you. Um, can you introduce yourself to the podcast just so we have a little background on you? Yeah, uh, I'm Gloria Garayua. I'm an actress. I also happen to be an acting teacher and coach. I'm originally from New York, been living in LA a really long time. I have two awesome cats <laughs> um, and I have tons of hobbies that you'll explore, I'm sure, within this hour. So oh, but that's me in a nutshell. Oh, okay. I love cats. They're so cute. <laughs> yes, I have two uh, sleeping cats right behind me that you can't oh. see. <laughs> um. So first things first, you are an amazing actress. Can you tell me what started your acting career? Thank you so much. Uh, Yes, I just always had a love for it. So I started simply just doing things in school. You know, I didn't really have um, anyone to kind of put me in it professionally when I was a kid. And so it was kind of something I had to find on my own as I got older, but I did. Um, But yeah, I just like played around in school plays and any extracurricular activities I could that required performing like choir or chorus, drama club in high school. And then when I got to college, I decided to major in acting. So I have my bachelor in fine arts and acting from Long Island University. So I decided to pursue an actual education in it. Um, I also wasn't sure if one day I wanted to teach acting, which I ended up doing anyway. Um, So I just wanted to make sure I had my degree. Um, Yeah, so that's how I got into it. And then like the decision to make it a real profession came later in life. Like uh, when I was about 17, I knew I wanted to do this for a living. Before that, I just was playing. Mm -hmm. But when I was 17, um, I... Honestly, it was always, I wanted to be a doctor. And then all of a sudden I was 17 and I was like, okay, who am I kidding? As much as I love science, I really don't think I want that many more years of school. <laughs> so, so I switched out and thought, what am I good at that I think I can pursue? And it was this, and it took a lot of courage, but this was my decision and I'm still here. Oh, wow. That's really cool. I think it's always like, I think it's really cool. You actually decided it to I take it into a real career and take it into a real job because you're really good at it. So thank you. (laughs) Um, Okay. So you have acted in many types of roles and a lot of really popular shows. What has been your favorite role or genre you've been in? Oh, um, I think my favorite genre has been the, the crime, the criminal procedural dramas. I never ever saw myself as a cop or a detective, but I guess I have an attitude problem because people, people see me that way and I keep getting cast as detectives and turns out uh, I really like it. And I never knew that I would like it until I did it. So I did a show that was on Netflix for about two years. I think they just pulled it off the air, but it was called Reckoning. And I was in all 10 episodes and I played a detective 
um, we, even though the story took place in California, we actually filmed it in Australia. Ooh. So I have to admit that that is my favorite thing so far. And I can tell you 20 other titles of shows that are far more famous than that that I've done, but that's the one that meant the most to me. Oh, well, I like read the whole bio on it and it looked like a really, really good show. Um, and the fact that it was like filmed in Australia is like amazing. <laughs> like, it's like that's so cool. It's like, like across almost like Australia across the world, right? Maybe, yeah, really, really far away. I mean, from, from LA, I think a flight is about oh gosh, let me not say, I think it's like 12 hours. So it's far. <laughs> um, it's over and down <laughs> is what it is. And, um, you know, the show is an American show. The actors had to do American accents. So I already speak like that. So I didn't have to deal with any of that. Mm-hmm. But um, the Australian actors that were cast, they all did perfect American accents. It really made me realize that I, I have to work hard because there are actors in Australia that are so good <laughs> that they could easily come here and just do a flawless American accent and book work. And I thought, huh, I don't have that obstacle. So I might as well work as hard as I can because there are other people out there who are amazing competition. So it really stepped up my game. Mm-hmm. And the same is true with British actors. Uh, British actors, I don't know what's going on in their training, but they can do American accents flawlessly. They come here and they can just book a job. So I'm like, okay, I already have the luxury of living here, being here mm-hmm. and speaking this way. I have to work, uh, whatever, twice, triple as hard because there are people out there that are excellent competition. I mean, really, really good. <laughs> so, you know, you can't just kind of sit on, on your laurels, right? That's an expression. Mm-hmm. People don't use that expression anymore, but I like it. Um, <laughs> I can't just sit on my laurels doing nothing. Like I have to work hard to to earn my keep. <laughs> yeah. Um. I. I. It's so funny because like I see like I see like um like in some of my favorite roles I'll see actors and um I'll I'll like instantly think that they'll just like they like they lived in America because of how good their accent is, and then like I'll do my actual research, and they're like British or New Zealand or Australian or like. One of, um, and actually, yeah. I was like, and I'm like so shocked because I'm like, how? Because I try to do like Australian accents and British accents, and it's like, it's kind well, of- I have a theory, and I think my theory stands that American television plays in many countries, um, and I think that's why they can do it so well because either they grew up listening to it. Or they're just hearing it on a daily basis in the background. Whereas we don't always have access to shows from other countries. So for us, we hear other accents just less frequently, at least in our households, right? So I think that that is, if you ask me, a smart theory as to why (laughs) we have a little more trouble. I mean, most American actors, if they go through training and schooling for this, they will have to take an accent class at some point. Mm-hmm. But usually, like in your actual career, it's only when someone asks you to do an accent that you have to put one on. Unless you like, I've always been working on improv and stuff like that. I mean, I like improv and I like sketch comedy and stuff like that. But that's not my forte. Uh, drama and comedy are, but but scripted. 
So for me, to be honest with you, I don't really have to worry too much about accents. I mean, occasionally, because I am Latina, people will ask for that kind of an accent. So that's expected. But it's very rare for me to even consider anyone asking me for Australian or British. I don't have to worry about that at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, about your... Um... About your um, American television, like broadcasting in other countries, that's um, um, over in Korea. One of my favorite K-pop idols, he learned English from watching Friends. Oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yes. Oh, how cool. Well, you know, I'll share a secret. Um, <clears throat> I guess it's not really a secret. A few people know in my in my world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, growing up, I grew up in New York, and both of my parents are from Puerto Rico, which is part of the United States, and people forget that, but they speak Spanish there. And so I grew up that with that as my first language, but by the time I got into kindergarten, I was already speaking a little bit of English, but guess how I learned? How? Sesame Street. Really? I mean, my mom spoke to me in Spanish when I was a baby, all the way until I had to go to school. My dad did too. My two brothers were much, much older than me. So yes, of course they spoke to me, but I don't even remember what language they spoke to me in. Probably they spoke to me in English, but I was just a kid. So I don't remember having conversations with them. But when I was home and not in school, I was watching Sesame Street and Big Bird taught me. (laughs) And then I go to kindergarten and I hear them speaking English and I'm familiar with those sounds. And I can maybe say a word or two. But before you knew it, of course, this this is my language now. And yes, I still speak Spanish, but I, I speak English far better because all of my studies were in English. So Spanish is something, um, I really speak casual Spanish. Like no one's going to correct me in a street conversation in Spanish. Mm-hmm. But because of my acting, thank God, um, I can do the, the Spanish sounds well. Because in acting, I'll often get audition opportunities for things in Spanish. And because I can speak it without an accent, because trust me, there are people that speak Spanish with an American accent and you can hear that. Mm -hmm. And I don't have that, thank God. So I can work in Spanish so I can be bilingual. But that comes from the fact that when I was just a tiny, tiny kid, I heard Spanish every single day at home. Yeah. So that really does formulate um, the way our tongues shape sound, which is another reason why accents can be tricky for people who are not used to hearing foreign sounds on a daily basis. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I'm an accent teacher, so I'm going into all this stuff right now. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Um, Well, no, that was um, that was great. I I agree with you 100 Um, (laughs) percent. I, I know I know um, a girl from New Zealand and I try doing New Zealand accents all the time and Australian accents and British accents and so on, so on, so on. Um, <laughs> and it's hard, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's hard because I hear um, a lot of the people that I like follow are Australian. So hearing that, it's like I hear it and I'm like, okay, I can do it. I think I can do it in my brain. And then when I actually try, it's like. It's a great accent. I mean, it's very, it's. I like it. I mean, I guess it's not everyone's cup of tea. Like, mm-hmm. I love French, too. I love the French accent. Ooh, yeah. But um, because I spent so much time in Australia, I like that accent very much. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you really need to have an ear for it. it. But not just that. You need to have an ear for it, and you need to have a flexible, I guess, flexible vocal mechanism. So I, w- I was going to say flexible tongue, but that sounds like such a stupid thing to say. But vocal mechanism, really. But it can be learned, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um. 
I like well, I was putting up my acting profile the other day and I was like it came to accents and you know I can do like a couple accents and then it came to languages and I was like I, I learned the most odd languages not odd languages but like compared to each other they're like complete opposites really what do you speak um well I, I don't speak anything right now um most okay. <laughs> I'm learning um Korean and Spanish Yay. Yeah, they're very different. <laughs> very, very different, um, which is odd. It's just I find, like, I tried learning, like, Russian and Italian at the same time. Wow, Genesis. Oh, my God. Are you, I'm, you're very impressive. I, I've i failed at, like, so many languages. Like, I, tr- I tried learning Japanese. It didn't work out. Um, I tried learning Russian, French, Italian. What? Um, you're so young. When do you have time for this stuff? <laughs> uh, like, seven wow that's very impressive cool the pandemic, the pandemic so but you know what don't stop because honestly you don't need to know these languages fluently but if you could go visit these countries and say basic phrases they appreciate the attempt mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so saying obviously hello thank you please where's the bathroom uh, ordering food those things really matter to someone from that country when they're when a foreigner is making an attempt it really does. I remember, I mean, I speak French. I, I hesitate to say fluency, fluently, but I speak it you know, pretty well just because I studied it for so long. I went to France and I, of course, when I needed directions, I would stop and, and say to someone in French, excuse me, can you help me? And because I was speaking their language, they always stopped. They were so kind. I think if you just speak American and, and you want them to work hard to help you, why would they? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. So good for you. <laughs> and I pick up like random phrases because like K-dramas, I watch it like subtitles, so, like reading it and hearing it at the same time. It's like, I don't know what goes on in my little brain, but you know, I pick, <laughs> up, I pick up phrases here and there. So I know a couple words, but okay. Awesome. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, so back to acting and your rules. Um, so can you tell us a little more, a little bit more about Reckoning? Because the bio seemed super interesting. Um, so can you just tell us a little bit more? Yeah, um, Reckoning was a, <clears throat> a serial killer crime drama. Ooh. Yeah, I know. So n- definitely not everyone's cup of tea. It's, um, it, it does not shy away from showing blood. And, you know, people are sensitive to those images. But that's Ooh. what it's about. So um, let's see. Basically, there is a, a cop who gets really obsessed with this case, hmm. almost too obsessed. And, and the workforce needs to give him some time off because it just got too far. Hmm. Like the, 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 the crime just became too personal for him. Oh, then after his time off, when he's reenlisted back in, um, he comes back and he's assigned a partner and I'm the partner. Oh. And, and my character comes from Los Angeles up to Northern California where the series take place. And um, I think one of the reasons they assigned me as his partner is because he needed to sort of be checked, you know, because after getting obsessed with the case a few months before, um, yes, he was cleared through a therapist, but still they just wanted him to have a partner. Anyway, turns out the serial killer strikes again. So he resumes that obsession and I'm new. So I I feel like my character was the checks and balances to his obsession um, I'm a very good cop in the series, but I don't get obsessed. And I think that that contrast between the two partners is so important for a healthy relationship, not just personally, but in the work environment. And as the series develops, um, 
it actually becomes clear who the killer is pretty early on. Mm -hmm. And they do that on purpose because I think the whole point of the series is not who's the killer, but how do we catch the killer? Uh And um, it's really about the protagonist. I even the one would think the protagonist is the serial killer. He's a, a huge leading role, but I always felt the protagonist was the cop that was obsessed with the killer. Um, so my partner. Um, so what's interesting is as the series go- series goes on, my partner and I become closer because in the beginning he was very resistant towards me, and then we get a little closer. Uh, we I can't we think we solved the case, but what goes down on the record is not who the actual serial killer is, but the protagonist ends up knowing just. It never goes into the police precinct files, but the protagonist finds out who it is because he's so instinctive Mm -hmm. that he knows who it is. So that's what the series is about. So, you know, when when the series, uh, not series, when the first like season came out, Mm -hmm. even I questioned whether there would be a second season because Mm -hmm. we knew who the killer was. And then the protagonist knows who the killer. So even I was like, I don't know if the show's gonna get a second season. And it didn't. So, <laughs> but eh, you live, you learn. I had a wonderful time. <laughs> Sounds very interesting. A crime is definitely my cup of tea. Criminal Minds. I've rewatched it like three, four times. Um, wow. But I had a sh- I had a small role on Criminal Minds. Really? Yeah, you would never remember me because it was such a small. Like I, I was a guest star. I was a broadcaster journalist. Oh. But. To me, that mattered. Like getting a role like that was so important to me because, um, you know, you fight against type so often in this industry. Mm-hmm. And someone who's a journalist slash broadcaster, I mean, we see we see people of color on TV finally like actually doing those roles, right? But for mm-hmm. some reason in traumas, we weren't really seeing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was really nice to get cast as a journalist. And Yes, you know, someone of color can speak perfect English without an accent. And that was so important to, for me to show. So I was just so proud that I booked that. Um, plus, it was so many monologues. <laughs> so as an actor, I liked the challenge of it. And um, I never wanted to mess up because I wanted to show that I could come in as a guest star, know my stuff and walk out and not hold up anyone's work day. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I did. And sorry to to. To, to take the interview like this, but I just wanted to say that um, never know who you're going to work with because that day, the director on Criminal Minds, you know, he, no words were really exchanged, but I know I did a good job. So I'm sure that he was impressed. Fast forward, like many years later, we end up working together again. Ooh. And it doesn't surprise me that, you know, when he saw my name, he had good a good memory of me because I did go in and I did a really good job. And mm-hmm. so anyway, you just never know where things will lead. So <laughs> yeah. So you, never, no small roles. Oh, yes. Um, do you remember what like uh, season you were in? Oh, I can probably see that on IMDb. Um, it was criminal minds. Like I can, I can tell you I'm in front of a computer. I can tell you in a second, but it was definitely like later because Criminal Minds has had so many seasons, right? Like, I don't know, but it's like Grey's Anatomy. Like, it's had so many seasons. Uh-huh. So I was later, not early. But I can tell you in just a moment. So please <laughs> ask me another question. <laughs> Did they come out with a season? I don't know. I'm still waiting for them to come out with another season. I'm, like, patiently waiting here. <laughs> Criminal Minds? 
Uh, yeah, I don't really know. like. Uh, it's called Rock Creek Park. <gasps> it was 2015, so that was seven years ago. So I don't know what season that is. <laughs> I remember that episode very clearly. You do? Okay, cool. <laughs> well, I'm in it. <laughs> yes. Say. Oh my gosh. Um, okay, so I actually the reason why I ended up watching these because when I was like really really little, my mom took us to this high school reunion, and she went to high school with Matthew Dre Dubler. And um, when was this? It was like 2000. I was what six, seven. So 2016. So they were still like in filming and stuff. Or this show was, still- and um, she told me she was he was in the show. And but I wasn't old enough to watch it because you know it has some, yeah, <laughs> it's rough. Uh, yeah. Um. So once I was old enough to watch it, which was about like last year, she was like, "Hey, watch this show. Like, I think you'll really like it. Like, my friend Matthew's in it." I was like, "Okay, all right." Um. And then you know it became an obsession to the point where my friends were like, "Genesis," like, <laughs> they were like, "That I was like worried about you." Yeah. But, like. <laughs> I was like, I would like, I would call my best friend and I'd just be like, I'd be like, I'd rant for like 30 minutes or an hour and she, I would not, I would not give her time to speak and I'm like, I apologize, um, but I would not give her time to speak and I would just like. Yeah, because you're excited. Yeah, I'd spill the entire tea of like the last three seasons I just watched in like two hours, so. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Matthew was in everything, I think. Like, yeah. Maybe he was in every season. Um, so I just looked it up. My episode was episode, episode uh, sorry, season 10. So, yeah. Oh. So really far into it. <laughs> wow. That was a really good season for me. <laughs> for you? Okay, good. <laughs> well, if you go back and watch it, I'm the journalist. And I my hair was a little darker. Like, now I'm blondish. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to go blondish, like Shakira. <laughs> so, <laughs> But anyway, my hair was darker. <laughs> yeah. Definitely go back and look for it, like, right after. Yeah, maybe if I find pictures, I'll send them to you. I think I have pictures of me on that show. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> um, I know, right? <laughs> um, so you worked on uh, Four Good Days, um, the movie, right? The movie, Four Good Days. Yes. With mm-hmm. um, Mila Kunis and Glenn Close. What was it like working with them? Because there are some pretty big names and, like, you know, icons. Um, What was it like working with them? Yeah, I'm so glad you're familiar with Glenn Close because, you know, she's, like, old Hollywood. You know, she's an older actress, but she's one of those people you have to bow down to and respect because, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, even me, like, I, I am one of those generations where I grew up before the internet, believe it or not, <laughs> right? Um, and Glenn obviously was uh, around way, way before that. So she has seen changes in Hollywood and how things get filmed and how the industry operates. So the fact that she has been as successful as she has been for all these decades is something to respect, you know, and she's <laughs> still out there looking gorgeous and glam and kicking ass as an actress. So. Glenn Close has always been someone that I've, I, first of all, I never thought I'd work with her. I just always thought she was this amazing Hollywood legend. Yes. Mila Kunis was someone I always liked, but I never thought I'd work with her either. I don't know. I just thought she was on a whole other level. So Mila, I know because of that 70s show. And 
when I was much younger, people would be like, oh my God, you talk just like that girl from the 70s show. And I'm like, no, you don't, stop. <laughs> and then I realized, oh yeah, yeah, she's bubbly and vivacious. And you know, I've always had a similar personality so I could see why they were saying that. And when my agent called to say that I got this job, I was like, what, what? So I show up on set and this is pre-pandemic. I mean, the movie came out in 2021. It should have come out in 2020. COVID happened, but because we shot it in 2019. Mm-hmm. So it was it was ready and prepped by 2020. And in fact, it even hit a festival. I don't remember right now which one, probably um, the Toronto Film Festival. Um, and and when it came out in 2021, I was like, oh my God, finally the movie that I'm in. And I forgot like how big my part was. It's not a big part at all, but it's a it's big enough that when you watch the movie, you're like, oh, this is a good scene. Like this is, Gloria's in a substantial scene. Cause I honestly thought when I filmed it, I was like, oh, don't, you know, don't blink, you'll miss me. But no, I saw the movie, I'm like, oh no, no. I had an actual scene with Glenn Cooks and Mila Kunis. So working on it was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. So first of all, have you seen this movie? Um, no, not yet. Uh, it's a sad movie, okay? So just prepare yourself. But it's an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this is for everyone, for every audience either, okay? It has to do strongly. Like, there are triggers in it. So this is very important that we tell your audience about this. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, it's about drug addiction. But it's not a, just about drug addiction. It's about the families of drug addicts and how drug addiction affects the families. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. So it's not an easy, fun, light, sweet comedy. Not at all. Okay. So like, it's important to put that out there. Um, so my character is the receptionist at the rehab center where Mila checks herself in or where the mother checks her in. Mm-hmm. Mila's trying to clean herself up. But what's interesting about, well, I mean, everyone knows this, but I feel like I really dive deep into it when I had to do research for the role. Drug addiction, no matter how badly or strong your will is to get clean, mm-hmm. it becomes a biological thing. Like you, you want the drugs because your body's craving the drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you and your mind are determined to clean and fix your life and like make amends with everyone you've wronged, it's hard to do that when you're an addict because your body is craving the next hit. Mm-hmm. So it's a huge emotional roller coaster for everyone involved, the person, the families. So, so that's what the movie's about. And in my scene, Mila and Glenn walk in to, uh, to the rehab center. And when, when it was time to shoot, you know, they shot the stars first, which always makes sense. Shoot the stars first. And I, that gave me an opportunity to say my lines over and over and over again because the camera wasn't on me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when, when we shot all of their stuff and the cameras turned around and were on me, <laughs> I forgot on my lines. Why? <laughs> because I'm looking at Glenn Close's gorgeous, beautiful, deep blue eyes. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe I'm acting with Glenn Close. I mean, when the camera wasn't on me, it was like I was just there. But when the camera was on me, I realized, I'm acting with Glenn Close, mm-hmm. you know, and that was so surreal, but it was cool. It was cool. And then Mila, you know, Mila's this gorgeous woman, right? But as a drug addict, they made her look so not gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And it was just weird to look at her and see that, see her that way. I'm like, wow, I guess she could have a bad day too. <laughs> you know, we all have our bad days where we do not look cute, right? 
Yeah. And I'm looking at her and I'm like, this is a bombshell of a woman who currently does not look cute in front of me. I mean, she had like jagged teeth, yellow, brownish, blackish, blackish teeth, um, you know, black, dark circles under her eyes, super gaunt because as a drug addict, you lose a lot of weight. Yeah. So that's, that's who I was looking at. I was like, wow, she's amazing. So yeah. So it was an amazing work experience. <laughs> it sounds like, it sounds like like working with like big Hollywood stars like that, like Hollywood stars today are um, like the newer ones. I think they're really cool, but some of the Hollywood store stars I don't like the older ones because they're like OG Hollywood, like the ones who created Hollywood in the first place. So well, you get it. And I'm very impressed that you get it because I know how young you are. And also like me teaching because I teach young ones about your age too. Mm-hmm. And they usually don't know the mm-hmm. older Hollywood people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll share a funny story with you. Um, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow has that whole lifestyle side, right? But but I know her from before all that. So I was talking to one of my students about her. And she, she goes, oh, is she an actress? <laughs> and I just, I didn't know what to say. Like, as a teacher, I never want to make a student, uh, you know, feel bad for not knowing something. But I just was blank. I had no words because... I only know her as an actress. I just knew that she did this other side hustle with Goop. But I never once thought that she's just a lifestyle influencer. Whereas my student only knew her as that. So I was like, oh my God. So I'm, I'm very impressed that you you know your OG stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, for me, it's like the same in fashion and singing. And, you know, Paris Hilton is like my fashion icon. So it's like, I think like original is the best way. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Yep. You are definitely in the know. <laughs> I found a picture of me on um, <clears throat> Criminal Minds. I'll, I'll scan it and, I mean, screenshot it and send it to you. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but I was, uh, when I was covering, sorry to like switch the topic, but um, I was covering one of my very first A-list celebrities carpet, was it last week? Two weeks ago? Uh-huh. And I saw like on the tip sheet, I saw Paris Hilton and I immediately like started like freaking out. I was like, oh, or wait, no, not Paris Hilton, Kathy Hilton. My bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Kathy <laughs> Hilton. And um, she just got her uh, doc- doctorate degree. And so I was like, oh my gosh, mom, it's Kathy Hilton. Like, And I was freaking out because it, it's Kathy Hilton. It's like, <laughs> I was freaking out. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Kathy Hilton. Like, that's awesome. I get it. We all have our, our celebrities we geek over. <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, I, 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 was, I was freaking out. Um, but I do want to ask you, speaking now that we're talking about big, big celebrities, um, you've acted with some of Hollywood's biggest names. Is there anyone you would, like, love to work with, like, your ultimate co-star? Yeah, for sure. I'm obsessed with Michelle Rodriguez. Ooh. Always have been. Um. And I can't even exactly pinpoint what it is other than her essence, which is such a vague general thing to say, like that encompasses so much, but it is who she is. Like, I just feel like her persona comes through her characters. So, so her, like she, Michelle comes through her characters and it's, it's just like, God, I, I want to be her best friend or at least just hang out with her once <laughs> um, working with her would be so cool. Yeah, so there's just something about her that I absolutely am obsessed with. Um, so, so there's her. Uh, it wouldn't hurt to work with J Lo. Um, there, <laughs> there was a time when 
I wasn't a huge JLo fan. That was early in her career, you know, but there is no denying now what a force she is. I mean, like I said, with Glenn Close, anyone who can last in this industry for the decades is someone worth paying attention to, you know, because clearly they can hang. It is not easy. Like, you, you know, with music, there's so many one, one hit wonders. There's the same thing happens with acting. Someone can hit it big with a series regular or a lead role in a movie. They're hot for a second and then they're not. So for someone to stick around that long and just continue to be hot, and I don't mean physically, I just mean like people are into them, right? Like they're trending always. That takes respect. So so JLo is definitely on my list of people I want to work with. And, you know, I have auditioned for roles in JLo projects. Um, so I feel like I'm getting closer. I even got pinned once for something. And unfortunately, the project got shelved. So, so the world did not know that I got pinned on a JLo project. But maybe now they will because it's on your podcast. Um, yeah, but, you know, it got shelved. So it still hasn't been done. Um, but yeah, but she's one of those other people. So, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I love her. Um, so, wait. Okay. So you have acted like big, big roles. And what you do is very interesting as an actress. Um, do you have any upcoming things that you can like tell us about? Maybe let us in on a little secret. Oh, yeah. Let's see. <clears throat> so I just shot something called Linked by Love in April. It's, it's not going to be a big budget thing, but it's still exciting that I got to work on it because I'll give you a little backstory. 11 years ago, I did something called Fixing Paco, and it was a, just a web series, but it was funded by USC School of Medicine, and it was meant to be educational. So it, it was entertaining, and, and it was SAG, but it was really meant to be educational. Well, that one job led me to this job. Um, and, and it's interesting because that job kind, kind of never went away. Like that job always had so much publicity around it. And we did PSAs, we did radio stuff. Like that job just lasted for years, like kept coming back. And then um, they found more funding to do uh, another sequel, but this time they switched the main family. So when I was in it, it was about diabetes, which is, I mentioned it was education, it was about medicine. So the topic was about diabetes and informing people about that. And it was, um, the whole story was around, centered around a Latin family. So now they're doing it around an African-American family. And my character back, way back then, was studying to be a doctor. So they brought me back this sequel and I'm already a doctor. So I loved how my character was back mm -hmm. and her trajectory kept going forward. So I don't know where that'll end up. I mean, I know that they're looking into different platforms for it. So it's called Link by Love. And <clears throat> same topic, it's educational, trying to educate people on how to eat right and avoid diabetes and that kind of a thing. But because um, this one is very, very funny, I know the producers are looking to put it on some kind of platform, you know, like Hulu or Netflix. So we'll see where that ends up. That's called Link by Love. Okay. Um, but I am really successful in voiceovers these days. So I'm doing a lot of dubbing. And dubbing is like when something's already filmed and you basically either it's filmed in another language and you do it in English or Spanish because I'll get hired for that as well. Or um, maybe the uh, there's something called voice matching where they can't get the actual actor that filmed it to come into the booth. So if you can match their voice, you might get hired. So I've done some of that. Um, so that's actually hard, but I, but anyway, dubbing is fun. <laughs> um, 
I just did a video game the other day. I can't tell you the name of the video game, but I just like shot a video game the other day. Um, and those are really exhausting because it's a lot of shouting and projecting and efforts and things like that. So um, that I'm, I'm really like basically once a week or twice a week, I'm in the voice booth doing some booked voiceover work. So that's what I've been doing a lot of lately. So no one, no one will know that unless I say it because, oh. you know, that's not on camera work. Um, on camera work, I will, I'm constantly auditioning. I just, I was up for a single cam comedy for HBO Max recently. I didn't get it, unfortunately, but I went all the way. I tested, I went all the way. So like there's so much stuff behind the scenes that, I, that I'm glad we're talking about because the audience needs to know, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like no one knows all the work I put in as an actor behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. um, it's only when you book and something's out there for the world to see. But I'm basically acting every single day, multiple times a day, right? Reading scripts constantly. So my work never stops. And then there's a networking aspect, right? Like going out and meeting people and creating new relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's what I'm up to. <laughs> well, you know, I can kind of relate to you on the networking part because um, I I'm not in L.A., so... I'm constantly in LA networking and Oh, I didn't um, know that. Where are you? Vegas. <clears throat> oh, okay. So you're only an hour ahead, right? Um, no, same time zone. Oh, same time zone? Oh, okay. So um I'm always uh out there networking and I'm always like it's funny because like I just got back like yesterday and then I'm leaving two days? Two days? Yeah, two days. Um but yeah, I'm always networking. Huh. Yeah, you get it. So it's a hustle, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep. Good. And then, like on the way there, I'll be um, if I have like events because I'll do I'll cover events or I'll I, I I never record in LA actually. Really weird. Never recorded in LA before. Um, but I'll like come up with questions as I'm driving to like the full like five four hours to LA. <laughs> Still writing questions as I'm like multitasking in the car like on the way to events i'm like doing my eyeliner doing my lips like <laughs> yes do my vocal warm-ups and like questions and so so yeah yep yep because you have to multitask in this industry i get it <laughs> yep and then always like working behind the scenes because like trying to spread my aspect wider um as to like acting and then i do vocal lessons i do dancing lessons i'm i do acrobatics i what else do I do? I, um, I'm trying to act right now. I'm taking acting lessons. Um, uh, I like yep. on, those, on those little TikTok covers. I'll do like little ones of those and save them in my drafts. <laughs> um, oh, wow. You're so good. I'm a different generation, so I just find that so hard. But I've tried. <laughs> I, did, I did Euphoria once and a lot of cussing. So that's why it's not out yet. But <laughs> Oh, interesting. Okay, I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so speaking about acting, uh, you are an acting coach and you teach, you have an acting program called, or online acting course called Acting for True Beginners. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so I created that uh, just last year, 2021. So sort of in the midst of the pandemic, right? Um, so the reason I developed this online course for actors is because there are so many people that reach out to me because 
because they want to learn acting. It's impossible to help everyone because I just, there's not enough hours in the day, especially because I teach privately. So um, I'll give half hour lessons and hour lessons, right? So um, <clears throat> instead of turning people away, I thought, oh, and instead of doing a group class, because that also got complicated because of the different time zones and also different ages. Mm -hmm. um, because yes, you can have an adult class with a variety of ages in that, but you want to keep it adults or upper level teens. Mm -hmm. It just, it got too complicated with all the people that were coming to me of a variety of ages, but also there's the level of experience and training. So, you know, it's, it's hard to make one class for just beginners or one class for uh, intermediate or advanced that wor perks wor works perfectly in the time zones and the ages and the levels. So instead of all that, this was my response to all of those inquiries that were coming, um, asking me to teach especially because the biggest group of folks that were asking me to help them were beginners. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the thing about beginning is the beginning stuff, even though you're an advanced actor, the beginning stuff is in there. It never goes away. Mm -hmm. There'll be other stuff when you're advanced, but the beginning stuff never goes away. So character development, fundamentals, scene study fundamentals, on-camera technique stuff, relaxation technique stuff. All of that is, it has to have a, a genesis, right? Like I didn't want to use your name, but I couldn't come up with a better word. <laughs> um, it has to have a beginning. So I thought, okay, you know, I'm repeating myself all day long with not just my beginning students, but with my advanced students. I'm always saying these key vocabulary words like objective and character development and obstacle and tactics, like these terms are not going away. So I thought, hmm, okay, well, I can't serve all of the beginners coming to me. So what if I create a series online that people could just click on from home and familiarize themselves with my style of teaching mm -hmm. and also my vocabulary terms that is universal in any acting class, right? Because I teach stuff that you're going to hear over and over again in any acting class across the globe, right? Yeah. So I thought, <clears throat> let's do that at a lower price point because not everyone can afford a private acting teacher who's going to exclusively pay them attention for that time period, right? Not everyone can afford that. So mm -hmm. I thought, how do I do this? So what I did was I sat down and I thought about all the fundamentals that an actor needs to learn to, to feel like to feel like you can even jump into a group class and feel confident. Because when you jump into a group class, you know, you, you're going to learn stuff that you're going to learn everything. Every, everybody's going to learn the same stuff because the teacher is going to be teaching everybody the stuff, but some people may have already heard it in another acting class and some people may have never heard it at all. So it'll be very intimidating. So what I did was I came up with all these lesson plans that I thought an, a beginning actor had to know. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, there were 17, which is such a weird number, but there were 17 lessons. Mm -hmm. And I felt, okay, at this point, I'm going to stop because now the other stuff I'm coming up with is advanced. So I called it Acting for True Beginners because I figured one day I might even come up with a series for intermediate and a series for advanced. But so the beginning stuff, I think is great for a beginner, but also a advanced person that just needs to refresh. And trust me, advanced people, they take it so personal when they think that they need to refresh. 
but we all need to refresh. There is no taking this personal. Every professional experienced seasoned actor on set still has to answer the same questions. Where am I coming from? Where am I going? Who am I? What do I want? All of those questions have to be answered even when you book a series and you're on set doing your series regular for 17 seasons. Like these things are fundamental. So um, my course is online. It's 17 lessons. I Yes, of course, you can watch them back to back. I would not advise that. I think that if you want to give yourself time to really absorb the information, you will replay a, a video or two, right? Mm -hmm. um, really, like my thing is, be familiar with these terms because sometimes I'll work with an advanced student and I do have several students that are advanced and I'll ask them what's their objective and they'll still struggle. Mm -hmm. not, not with what an objective is, but defining the objective of the scene will be tricky. And I, I just get so good at these things that it doesn't take me that long to figure it out. So when if someone is still struggling to do that, they're not advanced yet, they're mm -hmm. not seasoned yet, or they're just not working on their craft enough. So familiarizing yourself with these videos, watching them over and over again, is how you get there. It's why they say we need to be in an acting class at least once a week, because you need to hear these things often mm -hmm. and be practicing these things often and analyzing a script all the time. So, Because honestly, I can analyze a script very quickly. Of course, I'll dive deep into it, and that's the part that will take a while, but that's the diving deep part, not the, not the beginning part. So when I see a student struggling with basic analysis, I know that they're not practicing. Mm -hmm. With my series, it covers, I'll tell you the topics that it covers. And of course, anyone can just go to the website and, and see the topics for themselves. There's also an intro video, which gives people an idea of what they would be learning in this course. Um, but I talk about cold reads. I talk about how to handle dialogue versus monologues. Mm -hmm. I talk about the importance of stage directions and not ignoring them and how to implement them in an audition. I talk about how to break down a script according to my strategies and, and what I teach my students to do. Um, I also do an intro to characters because I feel like that's the place to really talk about character development. And the more you go on this journey of acting, the more intricate this process becomes with developing your character. So for this intro to beginners, I just cover how to how to access a character like from the very beginning. Um, I talk about breakdowns, meaning the breakdown that your agent or your manager or your casting director on a project will create that kind of a breakdown because um, beginners don't know what that is. Um, mm -hmm. And I know because every time people come to me for coaching, I'll ask them for a breakdown and they don't know what to send me. <laughs> so, so I know they don't know what it is. Um, I talk a little bit about the difference between drama and comedy, but the difference meaning how to implement these differences on camera. Uh, I talk about different types of scripts, meaning genres, and how we as actors have a responsibility to bring these genres to life. Because I can know the difference between a crime drama and a medical show, but how do I bring this to the camera, right? So that comes up in that lesson. I give tips on how to memorize, <laughs> which is something that never goes away. People are always asking me for that. Um, we talk about how to create a um, solid audition from beginning to end, including moments before and moments after the dialogue ends. Mm -hmm. We talk about transitions. Uh, we talk about discoveries on camera and how, how to bring that to life. Um, and then my last lesson is an intro to comedy because comedy I feel like can have its whole own curriculum. <laughs> like 
that's why you see all these comedians that are known for their comedy. It's because they've studied the craft of comedy for as long as they have. Mm-hmm. I think that comedy is way harder than drama. Um, no one's going to tell you how long to pause in order to cry. But when it comes to comedy, there's a strict rhythm and you cannot take advantage of that. Like you have to hit the points when they need to be hit. Mm-hmm. And so uh, intro to comedy is what's covered in this one because this is for beginners. So I call it for true beginners because I feel like it can be for anyone who has a little bit of experience, but still is a beginner and someone who has never taken an acting class and really doesn't know where to start. But honestly, when you look at my curriculum online, you'll agree like a intermediate advanced person will still take um, a lot from this course as a refresher. So I invite your audience to go to my website, GloriaGaryUa.com and click on where it says online video series. And all the information is there. It's And it's at a great price point. I mean, you will never find something so well-priced. But I did that on purpose because beginners don't get it. They don't know what this acting world is. And so, you know, asking a, a well-seasoned actress to take time out of her schedule to teach you exclusively for 30 minutes to an hour can be pricey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and acting coaching is pricey. Uh, but there's a reason for that, right? It, all the attention's on you. We're focusing on you. So if that is intimidating or just isn't in the budget, this is like the perfect alternative. Okay. That's, um, well, it sounds like a very nice acting course. And I think it's very good. And it really lives up to its name for true beginners. And I think you cover a lot of great topics and you cover a lot of really nice basics that um, give the gives the learner an advance to really get a start in acting and get, cover really nice basics so they have if when they go into advanced and intermediate they have those basics with them and they have um what's the word and they have a the good fundamentals yeah the fundamentals and the good uh, good surface to go off of yes that's exactly right <laughs> so for my last question for you today um just finish this quote for me um never give up because oh <laughs> Never give up because anything is possible at any time. Mm-hmm. And if we can be so close and give up. So don't give up. I mean, you can, you can do other things alongside, <laughs> right? If you're feeling a little down, but yeah, don't give up. Yeah, I think that's a great way to finish it. And, you know, you never know, like life takes its twists and turns. And I'm a very big believer of everything happens for a reason. So even if, you know, you don't think you can do it or you don't think, like, you don't, you're so far away from your goal, you could be really, really close and you could be right there and you just need to push yourself a little bit more. Um, yes, love that. Not giving up always pays off. So, um, well, thank you so much for the interview. I had an amazing time talking with you. I definitely learned a lot. Um, can, you, uh, can you drop where we can follow you on social media? Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, my first and last name everywhere. So Gloria Garayua, G-A-R-A-Y-U-A. Uh, Instagram is where I'm most active, but um, I, you know, I do them all. Well, I don't, I don't really do TikTok as much. Maybe you can teach me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that's it. And if people want to email me for private lessons, it's GloriaGaryua at gmail.com. Ooh, okay, perfect. Well, I'm not an expert at TikTok either, so. <laughs> All right, we'll help each other. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much, and 
Yeah, I think that's Yeah, thank you. And I'm sure uh, I will find this through my publicist somewhere because I'd love to hear it. Oh, yes, of course, of course, of course. That's it for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I will see you on the next episode. And remember, be sweeter, not sour. Well, that was an amazing interview. I definitely learned so much about not just getting started in acting, but about her personal films on a, on a more personal level and getting to know about the people she worked with. I think I'm going to go sign up for that acting course right now, though, so I'll catch you guys later. Remember, be sweeter, not sour, and I'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>